Hello and welcome to the JNM podcast. This is the podcast where we talk about movies, TV shows, and anything in between. If you're listening for the first time, welcome. And if you're coming back, welcome back and hope you're doing well. Before I get to any details, I would like to welcome back my guest, wonderful friend, amazing rugby player, and Zinga Murray. <laughs> Hi, I'm so happy to be back, and it's so lovely to see your face. I know no one else can, but it's lovely, guys. Yes, yes, same thing with Nziga. It's a very lovely face. She's got really great white teeth. <laughs> well, thank you. I'll let my dentist know. Yeah. So today, we're going to be continuing on our Badass Women series with the 2019 action comedy film, Charlie's Angels. Uh, the movie was written and directed by Elizabeth Banks, and the logline is a young systems engineer blows the whistle on a dangerous technology, causing a new generation of Charlie's Angels to put their lives on the line and to protect not only the engineer, but also the world. Oh, <laughs> nice day. <laughs> I received information from Wikipedia, YouTube, and IMDb. So the cast, you may know them. Uh, <laughs> the first is Kristen Stewart. Never heard Sabina. of her. <laughs> yes, never heard of her. But you may know her from Twilight. <laughs> oh, right. Yeah, she was the vampire, right? Well, no, no she was not. the I'm woman. <laughs> she was the woman that was in love with the vampire. Yeah, no, no, no. I, I know. She's the love interest of the vampire. She's not a dude. She is a lady. <laughs> yes, she is a lady. She was also in Spencer, Adventureland, Happiest Season, The Runaways, and Underwater. Yeah, she's had quite the career. Yes. Next, we have Naomi Scott as Elena Hoagland. Ho- Ho- Hoagland? Sure. Hoagland. It's a fictional name for a fictional story. (laughs) You may know her. I think she was the pink one in Power Rangers. I think she was the pink. The pink one. (laughs) Put some respect on the Power Rangers, Janette. (laughs) Well, I mean, like, I'm just saying, like, there are multiple, like, men and women. She was the the pink ranger, guys. I'm sorry for her. (laughs) Yes. The pink one. <laughs> it's a popsicle or something. <laughs> Sorry, go ahead. She was also in Aladdin. She played Jasmine in the live action movie. She was also in Lewis, which is a British series because she's British. Apparently. <laughs> yes. And Lemon Lemonade Mouth, which is a Disney TV film. Yeah. I have never I've, heard of it i have heard of it it's uh a you disney have heard channel. of it it's a decom guys it's a disney channel original series where these kids had like detention or something uh i believe oh no that's the wrong one maybe they were trying to like it was like a revolutionary film where they you know were trying to like go against the administration of their high school they named their crew after like a can of lemonade in uh, the detention hall. Sorry, it was it was fun. You know, it was, it was a really big movie back then. But you know, I had no idea she was in it, so that's wild. I need to go back and watch it. <laughs> Continue. Yeah, I, I never heard of the movie. <laughs> of course, by the way, she went lemonade mouth. <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, it, it was good. 
Uh, <laughs> next we have... Sorry. <laughs> She's like, sure. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> next we have Ella Balinska as Jane Cano. Uh, you may know her from the Resident Evil TV show. I think it's on Netflix or something. It's, yeah, it's on Netflix. Okay, cool. Yeah. For Spoken, which is a video game, Room, uh, the short film, and Clover, the another short film. Yeah, she's like a budding so. action star, so she does a lot of like stunt work and stuff, uh, which she does in this oh, movie yeah. too. But like, if you mm-hmm. follow her on Instagram, she you you always see her like doing some crazy stunt stunt work um for resident evil so i think that's where she's you know pushing her career <laughs> yeah <laughs> next we have elizabeth banks as rebecca bosley you may know her from wet hot american summer spider-man she was in the sam raimi series the hunger games series and pitch perfect series next we had patrick stewart as john bosley you may know him from the x-men series robin hood men in tights star trek the next generation which is the tv series and multiple works from the royal shakespeare theater company yeah i mean you should put more respect on his name it's sir patrick stewart because he's knighted but, you know. Well, technically, technically, in an interview, he's, he doesn't like being called sir. Excuse so. me? He needs to put more respect on his name. <laughs> How dare he? My mother's been calling him that since I was four. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's the same thing with, like, uh, Anthony Hopkins. He doesn't like to be called sir. So I'm okay with that. But Patrick yeah. Stewart is, like, legit. Like, he's legendary. I mean, I know Anthony Hopkins is, too, but, like... I, I don't care. Yeah. I don't care what he says. He's getting died. It's like a doctor being like, yeah, I went through five, what is it, five, eight years of medical school, but I don't want to be called doctor. Excuse you. <laughs> I'm calling you doctor. Freaking A. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I get mad at the dumbest things. <laughs> Sorry. Continue. Yeah. No there were also appearances from Jamun. Jam- Jamun Onto. I know. I love that yeah. dude. Yes. Sorry to butcher your name. <laughs> Even though I had the pronunciation like on it, I I tried my best. Jai Jaiman. Jaiman Onsu. He was in Blood Diamond. Un- yeah. And he's in um. Mm-hmm. What is it? Ms. Marvel. Is it Ms. Marvel? No, it's Captain Marvel. He's in Captain Marvel. <laughs> is he? I think so. But he's like an alien, so he's not. He's not as usual. Oh, okay. Okay. So he was Deep like CGI'd. Brain. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, that makes sense. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I love our tangents. <laughs> he plays Edgar Bosley. And then you also have Sam Claflin, uh, who plays Alexander Brock. Noah Centineo as yeah. Langston. Uh, Nate Faxon as Peter Fleming. Chris Ping as Johnny Smith. Jonathan Tucker as Hodak. And Louis Gerardo uh, Mendez, who is known as a saint. Robert Clotworthy, who plays the voice of Charlie. Yes. Yes. <laughs> because uh, the original one is dead. <laughs> oh, rest in peace. And we noted it in the last episode. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Dang. In terms of the backstory, it was very 
condensed. There wasn't a lot of information about this film, so I, I did my best. In September uh, 2015, Sony Pictures announced that it was rebooting the Charlie's Angels franchise with Elizabeth Banks and talks to direct. Now at the time, Drew Barrymore still owned the rights to the franchise. However, in 2019, she sold the rights back to Sony Pictures. Evan Spiliotopoulos. That is a mouthful. <laughs> yes, it's Greek. So just so everyone knows, it's a Greek name. <laughs> Uh, he was hired to write the script for the reboot, and there were also notes that Jay Basu was hired to rewrite the script, and Craig Masson, who people may know him from write, for writing and creating Chernobyl, the TV series, and he was also known for, I think, writing the scary movie franchise. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, and Semi... Chelas, Chelas, they came in for early touch-ups, and once so it was like a Elizabeth... sausage fest until the end. Man, they yes. always do Charlie's <laughs> Angels like that. Man, dudes should not be writing Charlie's Angels. <laughs> How dare they? <laughs> so once Banks was hired to direct, she basically rewrote the screenplay, and as a result, Banks received sole screen play credit while Evan and David Auburn who just somehow like pops in there (laughs) with no prior awareness or notes that he has like jumped in uh, they were given story credit Um, yeah but that that's just the way like they they do that anyway Um, it's not like there's usually some sort of a legal dispute on the, in the WGA, so the fact that she got sole credit on the script is pretty spectacular. So I'm happy that uh, <laughs> that she even got that. That's actually really cool. So I retract my previous statement. <laughs> <laughs> the way that the WGA is is format to depending on the percentage. Like if you're getting sole screenwriting credit, that means like you had to at least like almost do the basically re right from page one basically in order to get it right yeah but even then sometimes you still have to like i at least for um in the industry even if you do like a page one rewrite if there's any sort of conceptual things that um stayed from one to the other like then you still have to sometimes share credit with someone um whose script you didn't even use so i mean the fact that she got sole credit that that's some elizabeth banks name type shit she was able to pull that off that's not typical yeah. mm-hmm. in terms of casting uh lupita nyango emma stone margot robbie and jennifer lawrence turned down roles for the movie however it was unknown which roles they were mm. you know looking in towards or being asked to do and it's unknown like at what time they came came in and how long they stayed right in july of 2018 it was announced that kristen stewart naomi scott and ella balinska 
uh, would play the lead in Frio with Banks starring as Bosley and principal photography began in September of that same year. Mm-hmm. By October, the cast was finalized and I believe they finished near the end of October. Oh, wow. That was like a quick turnaround. <laughs> yeah, it was very quick. Yeah, because it came out in 2019, right? Yes. Didn't it? So, geez. So they were, dang. <laughs> so, that's really fast. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> so filming locations include the Ellip, uh, which is like that really um, eclectic building in Hamburg, Germany. That mm-hmm. the I believe the headquarters to uh, Elena's workplace was at, mm-hmm. yeah. like the Calypso, the Spice Bazaar, the Lee Fendi Race course and Satan Metz uh, were all in Istanbul, Turkey. And despite having different characters and scenarios, Banks notes that the movie serves as a continuation of the events of the original TV series and the Mikji uh, directed series. Oh, you mean like the one from like, because I know there was one on like, I don't know, it was like ABC or something. It only got like eight episodes. Is that what you mean? Like a continuation of yeah. that? Okay. Wow. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't know that. <laughs> but at the same time, like I haven't seen the the show, so I don't know where it left left off on. You know, I don't know if it was like a procedural where every episode was a new case. You know. Yeah. And I and I. Th- think it was like I said it only had eight uh episodes and I probably only watched three of them so I I have no idea but like um I just I I mean I'm surprised that they even I I I assumed that those were weren't canon because of just how bad they did so let's get to that I don't think so (laughs) oh wow also, um, they had John Bosley be the original Bosley because there were kind of when they were going back in time of all the photos, mm-hmm. they replaced Bill Murray's character with Patrick Stewart's characters. <laughs> it was just yeah, it very was, awkward. It was really hard to watch that part where they just sort of like photoshopped his his face on Bill Murray's body. Oh man, <laughs> <laughs> that was wild. <laughs> yeah. And then uh, it also leaves Bernie Mac's character out of the picture and out of the plot without any mentioning. Uh, Racism. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, sure. Okay. Got it. You were saying. (laughs) Unlike the past movies, the reboot contains the angels using guns and other explosive weaponry. Uh, And then also, fun fact, uh, Kristen Stewart has equiophone phobia which is a fear of horses and you could tell in the horse racing scene that a stunt person (laughs) took her place for the wide shots unless you're super gullible like me and had no idea (laughs) (laughs) so Jeanette is like falling out of her chair to laugh at me about that I had no idea but like isn't there a horse in in Spencer I'm pretty sure there's a horse in Spencer she she wasn't doing that horse (laughs) Well, you know, maybe we had to watch that to like make sure that it wasn't a, a stunt coordinator. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I I don't know. See, now I got to rewatch it. Thanks, Jeanette. 
<laughs> you could have just left me being stupid. Um, but no, I was going to say, because um, your other fact about um, how there was uh, guns and stuff uh, is interesting because um, just sort of before we sort of dive into the summary, um, this version of Charlie's Angels is not campy. Or at least I, I didn't get that impression. It was more no. action-related um, for a newer audience. It's not it's not really meant to be a joke. Like, obviously, they have um, comedic relief, primarily from Kristen Stewart, but it's not, <laughs> it's, not, uh, it's not meant to be as sort of, like, silly, campy the way that McGee's uh, versions are, or I guess Drew Barrymore's versions are, so... Um, just yeah. going into that, that's why there are there are weapons. Except, also, just so we're clear, that second uh, episode, or that se- second, uh, the sequel of Drew Barrymore's version, um, yeah. what's her name, has like a comically large golden gun. I can't remember her name. Oh, <laughs> Demi, Demi, Demi Moore. Moore. Yeah. Yeah. So that's a, that's a gun. Not just no, one, no one, but should two. Care. She does. Because yeah, doesn't she like kiss it at one point? <laughs> I don't know if she kisses it. Oh yeah, she, she she's stroking the shaft of her comically large golden gun, which by the way is probably the same size as her. So I don't I'm not I don't even believe she probably used a stunt double to hold it. But uh, you know that's I just wanted to throw that out there while we're like dishing out insults. Yeah. <laughs> so, continue. For the summary, uh, it starts with the setting to be in Rio de Janeiro where Sabina dressed up with a wig and it was kind of like not a wig that kind of matches her face I'm just saying <laughs> doesn't shape it at all uh, she tries to flirt with Johnny Smith who is an international embezzler and you know like she's kind of like oh yeah like you know like kind of flirts with him but then also starts to kind of like take control of him by wrapping him in like the curtains and yeah yeah. she's like she's she's like seducing him and he's being turned on and he doesn't realize that he's also being tied up because he's so turned on by Kristen Stewart's uh amazing powers of seduction um that even his uh his guards were just like oh that's hot we do not realize that our boss is about to die. <laughs> they're just they're sort of just drooling over her. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and then I think like they kind of like I know like from the version that I got from like the source, mm-hmm. it didn't have the subtitles. Did it have subtitles when they were speaking? Uh, maybe I don't know. Now I don't remember. See, so yeah. you're gonna make me watch this again. <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember at all. <laughs> I think so. No, because doesn't she like talk to them? Don't they say something? Yeah. In like Portuguese, and then she, and talks. Then she responds. Yeah, I think there were subtitles because we because I knew what she said. I knew what she said. Okay. Then yes. Yes. Got it. There it is. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Not that I downloaded it illegally. <laughs> <laughs> she did. She didn't do that, guys. She's okay. Watch Jade and NSA. And I say I didn't. I didn't. I didn't download illegally <laughs> you could have just watched it on fx now but whatever keep going <laughs> basically once you know she kind of like 
knocks Johnny, kind of ties him down. All of a sudden, Jane enters and then just like knocks the shit out of all the guards. And there were like 30 of them. And Sabina was so focused on like taking down Johnny, who was still like, he kind of came out of like the ties because like the curtain got cut. And then, you know, there was like fighting between them. And then once like in the middle of the fighting, Jane goes to the accountant who's like kind of like hiding in this closet to get all the accountant and bookkeeping stuff and files. <laughs> and then I think after like what like two minutes of fighting uh, John Bosley just like shows up in an elevator and it's like one of those elevators that opens to the room mm -hmm. he gets there all the men are tied down with cloth bags over their head kind of like blocking their sights and then a bunch of women just show up they don't explain why they're there they just show up <laughs> Just standing there. Like. Yeah, and they're just like, is it like they're just like black handmaid's tail type? I don't know if I got yes. that. I got that first. They were wearing like weird helmets, and I was like, who is this? They don't look yeah, legit. Yeah, like they didn't have like huge capes. It was almost like a jacket with like a big hood. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Basically. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so once uh, Johnny is given to uh john bosley then sabina kind of talks to jane almost like that she's so glad that this whole task and uh case is over so then they don't have to see each other again mm -hmm. yeah so it's it's weird because they hadn't and I, and when it started like i didn't realize they didn't know each other yeah yeah like usually like at least i thought but like charlie's angels like they're like a best buds like <clears throat> on a team but in this case, they're just sort of like, oh, hey, how's it going? Nice to meet you. Oh, okay, okay, I'll see you later. Goodbye. And it, was just, it felt very one-off-ish, which isn't supposed to be, but it was just, it was interesting. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and um, I guess, like, as, like, Sabina was kind of, like, making fun of Jane or, like, just, like, talking and being like, oh, my God, I'm just going to go on vacation. And, like, what am I supposed to do with all this time that I have? Uh, she <laughs> once... Um... Sabina like gets like her harness then Jane just like pushes her off the ledge no not even like warning anyone okay she's safe nothing and then like minutes later like Sabina just like comes out in a helicopter how she got in I have no idea <laughs> she's she's Charlie's angel <laughs> I, I understand, but the <laughs> helicopter had to be at a certain angle because if it's just, like, a, a position where, you know, they're, like, just a normal helicopter flying around, she may be decapitated. So I'm like, that helicopter had to be sideways in order for her to fall into a hole, and then she's got to quickly grab onto the helicopter or whatever, you know, <laughs> without hitting the plates. Um guys uh let's pause to say that uh jeanette is looking for logic in a fictional action movie um i know it's she, a fictional you, action you're overthinking movie. this dude you're overthinking this jeez she it, she miraculously ended up in a helicopter great yes but yeah like and then she pops out on this helicopter and then just kind of like 
kisses Jane goodbye and then flies away and then it cuts to the intro of Charlie's Angels like the title and everything it then cuts to a year later in Hamburg Germany where Elena visits her supervisor Peter Fleming to talk about Callisto which is a device she helped invent that helps with energy conservation not sphere but it's kind of like a like it, looked, it looked like a metal cootie catcher to yeah. me. And it's like a generator. Like a handheld generator. Uh-huh. That, I mean, that, but all I could think about was that there's just the ugliest cootie catcher I had ever seen. <laughs> Do you know what a cootie catcher is? <laughs> no, I don't know. You don't? Well, why you just let me talk? <laughs> Okay, like okay a, you got you got no, like, yeah, I'm just saying like you could have just told me before that you, you don't know what that is it okay if you guys remember um if you're you know relatively young a, a millennial let's say it's the little paper thing you put on your fingers and you do like a count of four one two three four what's your favorite color blue b l u e and then you open it and It'll say something like, you're going to marry Johnny. And then you, you go, oh, Johnny, I hate Johnny, whatever. And then you do it again. <laughs> Somebody else picks a, a number, 17, 18, 19, 20. Oh, I, I skipped 17. And then, like, uh, pick a color, red, R-E-D. And then you open it up again. And you're like, you'll be really rich or something like that. It's the, the little paper thing. Everyone's done it before. I don't know how to fold one anymore. But it kind of looks like that. Yeah. just like a little metal one. And you just stick okay. it on stuff, and it's like a little generator thing. I feel like I'm losing my mind. <laughs> no, no. No, I know what you're talking about. I just didn't know that there was, like, a name to it. I thought it was just, like, a, you know, like a game. Like, yeah. I don't know. I never, I didn't know that it had a name, oh. basically, is what I'm saying. <laughs> I know what you're talking about. I just didn't know the name. <laughs> yeah, I mean, some people called it a cootie catcher. Some people uh, didn't. Pete kind of spends the entire time talking about Thomas Edison and how, like, oh, like, he's, like, so great and everything, even though he stole a bunch of ideas from people. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and he killed an elephant. Yes. Burgers. Fuck that guy. <laughs> I hope he burns in hell. Fuck New Jersey for, like, supporting this guy. <laughs> she came off real aggressive, but I love it. <laughs> Fuck New Jersey. <laughs> you're, you're, like, eating your popcorn. You're like, oh, my God, this is interesting. It's like, ooh, tell me more about fucking New Jersey. <laughs> <laughs> Elena tries to interrupt, claiming that device is creating fatal seizures to people who are try to use the device especially with the previous guy who is still in the coma mm -hmm. but they don't mention if he got out <laughs> yeah yeah uh so she <laughs> we didn't see him so it doesn't matter <laughs> yeah uh so she asked him if uh, she could talk to brock about the potential danger however peter notes that they already spent five years on this product and they would have to go to you know go public with this whether or not the product is ready so it's like a typical like you know business where it's like some businesses would rather release the product first and then fix it later in a way yeah but i'd also i want you to convey the tone of that scene where it's like her boss 
Fleming is like a total douche, you know, who probably needs to see a dentist, if you ask me. And he, you know, he basically mansplains things to her, even though she's like the head scientist at that company. And he basically just tells her that she needs to sit her little, you know, lady ass down while they take advantage of consumers. <laughs> And she's like, yes. but this could kill people. And he's like, mm, we're done with you. Go away. And so it's it's very, it's a rough scene to watch as a lady. Um, did not care yes. for him at all. <laughs> so, but you were sick. <laughs> yes. Uh, so while leaving, Peter's assistant um, stops Elena and is like, hey, you dropped something. And then she's like, oh, I didn't drop anything. And then. Uh, the assistant's like, no, you dropped something. It was on the ground near you, so I'm assuming it's yours. And it turns out to be a business card for Charlie's Angels. Then it cuts to Los Angeles with John Bosley arriving at the Charlie's Angels headquarters. And it's kind of like this like very, very big, very, has like probably a hundred acres of land. Yeah, it kind of looks like X, the X-Men Academy in first class, you know, where they like yeah. take them over. It's probably the same place, but like they it, they take them and like train them to like use their powers. So it's like a Charlie's yeah. Angels Academy, which is why there were so many girls in the first scene, because like, it's like a school for exceptional women who kick ass. Instead of just having three women, it's they basically just kind of franchise it in a way. Yeah. You know, where it's just like different headquarters around the world, but this is like the main one. Uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> he enters very dim room and turns out that his friends, not his friends, um, <laughs> his co-workers his co-bosses. are... <laughs> yes. His cult Bosleys uh, surprise him with a retirement party. Other Bosleys, and it's not just like physical Bosleys, it's also Bosleys on Zoom. Yeah, it's like a various bank of like videos of just Bosleys. And they, all, they don't all look, they're not his clones. Like, it's just a bunch of people with the title Bosley. Um, I randomly yeah. saw Michael Strahan. I was like, what are you doing? Yes. <laughs> I'm like, that guy was on like the um, Good Morning America stage. Yeah. Like, it kind of felt like he just was like, okay, I'm in between breaks. I could just shoot this one scene. I wonder how much money he got for that. <laughs> I, I do wonder. Because I know the morning uh, talk show reporters, like they make like, 10 million or more depending on you know how big you yeah know, of a popularity they are but yeah yeah oh man now who knows if anyone knows how much michael strahan made just to like phone in to one scene of charlie's angels in 2019 uh let us know because i'm very curious <laughs> yes like a scene where he probably had like three sentences yeah all probably containing like 30 words in total maybe less yeah knows? that's generous i don't even think it was that much <laughs> no i think it was like 10 yeah exactly same <laughs> and then rebecca bosley elizabeth banks 
thanks him for taking the headquarters internationally while noting that they will continue the legacy that he leaves behind. And then there's like a quick note from Charlie, which they kind of mentioned that he has passed. So it's kind of like a recorded message in a way mm -hmm. where he's like Bosley. And then John is like Charles or Charlie. He's like, oh yeah, it was really great working with you. And yeah, yeah, yeah. That's mm -hmm. kind of what a boss would tell a person. Sure. And then they give him a watch and it's got like the Charlie's Angels logo. And he's like, oh, cool, a watch. Like, this is awesome. And then they drink and everything. And then it cuts back to Peter introducing Callisto device to the company's founder, Alexander Brock. Now before then, Elena is kind of in a dark room and she lights a candle. It almost looks very culty in a way. <laughs> and then she starts like kind of like uh, singing slash rapping like the tricky song. Like it's tricky, 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 yeah. tricky one it was super random <laughs> yes it was very random like how does this woman go from like yes callisto is very dangerous to all of a sudden rapping yeah <laughs> like for a real. segment also too like when when they do pan out and it turns out she's just at a podium in front of a bunch of people like in a room it's like why why did you do this? <laughs> yeah, I thought that she was alone, like, you yeah. know, that she was, like, prepping it. But then it turns in, it turns out that everyone saw it. I'm like, how did how did they, like, Yeah, also, too, why is it that this? no one acknowledged it? It's just like, who is this random-ass programmer rapping on this stage right now? Like, they're just like, okay, we're done with that scene. <laughs> It's almost like, oh, we need a comic comic relief moment. Let's like put this thing in. Sure, I I'm surprised they didn't cut that out because it made no okay. sense. <laughs> no, it did not make sense. So after that moment, Peter kind of like pushes her away, like is like shoo shoo, you know, move over there, and introduces the product. And then Brock comes up on stage and he's like, oh my god, this is like really cool. Uh, he probably didn't say that. I'm just, like, improvising. <laughs> <laughs> so then he turns on the Callisto. He, like, you know, says, like, turn on the generator. Because they had to where the building was off-grid from the main generator of Hamburg. Which is why the lights were off. It wasn't just her standing in a dark room. <laughs> the lights were off on purpose. Yes. <laughs> They turn on the Callisto and then it turns on the entire building. Even though it maybe it might have been someone that just got a walkie-talkie and was told to turn on the lights. <laughs> right, it's just some dude in the back of the room no one saw who just flicked them on. <laughs> yeah, maybe it was like a Theranos. Like maybe they saw Theranos. It's like, oh, we could do this. We could just pretend. Yeah, why not? <laughs> Once Braga is like, oh, this is really great. We can go public on this. Elena is still feeling that her boss are still not going to listen to her. So she, she decides to reach out to Charlie's Angels. And then the next day, Sabina, Jane are teamed up again uh, with Edgar Bosley. <laughs> yes, reluctantly. Because, like, 
after that scene, then uh, Jane is in like a boxing ring with Edgar Bosley, kind of training, you know, combat, I guess. And then Sabina comes in with very dark lipstick, mind you. She has like very dark lipstick, very heavy eye makeup. I'm like, okay, you, you need to balance. You need to balance this. You can't just have heavy eye makeup and dark lipstick yeah but they're they're going for something with Kristen Stewart's character because she's supposed to be like the edgy one maybe a little like she's light and fun like she's a drinker you know like she's you know somewhat from the wrong side of the tracks type of a deal they're going for with her where she's supposed to be like the you know the I don't know how to explain it, but basically she's supposed to be like the one who doesn't necessarily follow the rules. She's just here to have a good time, whatever that means. She drives up fast cars and apparently doesn't actually ride the fast horses, but she's just like, you know, she's there for fun. Whereas like Ella Belinska's character is supposed to be more serious, more like by the book, like she's she's much taller than literally everyone else in the room. So she's... um, you know very like intense and she's usually the combat trainer whereas like um uh Kristen Stewart's character is more of like the what is that word for like when the person is oh they had it in leverage I can't remember but basically she's the she's the one who like draws people out and lies to them and like convinces them to um uh believe her so that Ella Belinsky can swoop in and like um... do all the action stuff (laughs) Yeah, the distractor. It's like yeah, um, there was a term for it. Oh, decoy. Yeah, she's like the decoy. Um, and uh, yeah, but like yeah, <laughs> so she's sort of she's she tends to be more dynamic. She talks more than the rest of them, whereas El Balance's character like hits more than the rest of them. <laughs> Just yeah. for, for clarity, there. They meet up at the boxing ring, and then Grifter <laughs> Jane. That's the word. Grifter. <laughs> She's the grifter. (laughs) That was going to bug me. I'm sorry, guys. (laughs) No worries. No worries. Uh, So Jane's kind of, like, upset that she's teamed up with Sabina and a little bit of Sabina as well. But they're like, okay, well, you know, is what it is. So they enter. Well, sorry. It cuts to Elena um, entering a cafe to talk to Edgar uh while jane acts as a barista and then sabina um observes outside on the in the building across from the cafe and then she's like high up probably on the rooftop yeah yeah uh so while talking uh jane spots like typing like she spots someone typing as elena and um, Edgar are talking to each other so then she noticed that like he's typing what they're saying and this guy kind of looks like the guy from Terminator 2 the Robert Patrick character uh, and he's like the he was the new Terminator that dressed up as a cop and he, he was like very stone faced and was going after Schwarzenegger and mm-hmm. the kid. Yeah. And then Lin- Linda Hamilton. Yeah, but just yeah. for context, if any of you guys saw the uh, the previous Charlie's Angels, he's supposed to be like the creepy thin man in this one. So he doesn't talk. He's really quiet. 
you know, but he's he's the guy that they've hired to kill. Period. Yes. I feel like that's just gonna be a thing. <laughs> well, but then again, I would I would kind of argue that it would be like kind of like a mixture between creepy Sunman and then um, Justin No Shirt Thoreau. <laughs> Oh, interesting. Well, maybe I guess because like he looked like, hot. Well, no, no, no. I'm not trying to say like his actual appearance. Like uh, you're, I sure the the guy was attractive. Sure, but what I'm, what I'm trying to say is like as far as like his role in the movie, he's like the specialized hitman who they the bad guys have hired to take out um, various people. He doesn't say anything. But he has a lot of skills, and you never really learn yeah. the, his backstory because he's just. But he keeps appearing, and he's way more talented at killing folks than he should be for someone who won't yes. even say like hi. <laughs> that's what I mean. It's like the he's he's the he's because the creepy thin man obviously that's that's a campy villain, you know. But this guy is very like he's got a serious tattoo on his neck, and he's like really stern. Well, he got, like, tattoos, and, like, all over yeah. his body. He's got, like, yeah. intense cheekbones. He doesn't say anything, but he's relentless in trying to kill them. And that that's what that's why I mean by, like, he's sort of the same type of dude. Is he more of a Justin okay. Thoreau, muscly, you know, sure. Yeah. Yeah. But yes. he's he's basically the, the, um, the mute hitman <laughs> of the movie. Yes. I I agree. I understand. Yeah. I just, like, once I felt kind of like, oh, like, this is, like, a somewhat offspring of, like, Creepy Thin Man and Justin Theroux um, without a shirt and then, like, (laughs) just a shirt that, like, hopped on. (laughs) Let us acknowledge that Jeanette will not let the fact that Justin Theroux's shirtless existence was in the Charlie's Angels series <laughs> at one point and hopefully apparently again <laughs> when jane you know kind of gives a signal to edgar and elena a fight ensues between uh hodak and jane uh and then like while that's happening Ed, uh, edgar and elena escape and then sabina who mind you is on top of a building just decides to just instead of getting like the elevator or just using like a gear to kind of glide her down to the you know ground floor she took the stairs people there is an emergency and she took the stairs (laughs) i'm loving the fact that you're just so upset about like the logic bumps in this movie. I understand. I understand. This is like not supposed to be legitimate. You know, not supposed to be logical or anything. But it's like, come on. How At dare least, she like... take the stairs? <laughs> <laughs> okay, Jeanette. no woman is allowed to be in the stairs. <laughs> monster. I mean, if you want to get that technical, why was she on the damn ledge in the first place? They're supposed to be watching a coffee shop, and she's on a ledge, like, 30 feet up. (laughs) Happy. (laughs) Oh, man. So, so, uh, once she manages to get down the ground floor, uh, Bosley and Elena uh, go into a car, and then Jane joins them, 
And then Sabina, she just makes it just after they have <laughs> left her behind. And then all of a sudden, while she's like, come on, man, like in the street, like Hodag comes out of nowhere in his big ass Jeep. And when mm. I meant big ass Jeep, it was a big ass Jeep. Like it felt, yes, it was really big. It seemed like a stupid car to chase down uh, people in, but you know. Yeah, it kind of <laughs> looked like a like a like a Mercedes wagon, a G wagon. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it's like, why do why do you need that? Like you could just you could just gotten a motorcycle. I'm just saying. Yeah, like, and he he like narrowly like misses easy. hitting Sabina, so. Um, so now yeah. she's so now the there's a car chase happening and she's standing there in the street looking crazy. So she needs to find a mode of transportation to catch up. <laughs> Just so we're yeah. clear there. During the car chase, like Hodak like pops up this like machine gun next to him. And then just like shoots them while also uh, Edgar kind of like does like tricks to the car where as like he's turning the wheel, um, Jane kind of like opens the passenger door and then kind of like holds herself with the seatbelt while shooting <laughs> low angle to shoot the tires. Yes, and I, like it was effective, but I also don't understand why she would do that because, and I know it would just say the next sentence, just say the next sentence, <laughs> just, just say the next sentence. <laughs> So after ramming each other's cars, Bosley stops the car and then notices that he has been shot behind the neck. Okay, thank you. So, basically, if Jade hadn't opened the freaking car, right, and did her sweet ass move where she's hanging from the side of the car with uh, holding onto the seatbelt to shoot uh, Hodak, uh, Hodak's uh, tires out, then he would have gotten a clean shot to Bosley's neck. <laughs> so while that was really cool, I blame her somewhat responsible for killing Bosley. <laughs> yes, yes. Mm-hmm. I totally agree. You open your door. The dude has bullets and you open the door? <laughs> what? <laughs> See, I would get it if, like, Bosley had, like, you know, kind of, like, a bulletproof case around him. I'll be like, okay, like, open the door. Open the door as much as you want, you know? But <laughs> why would you do that? Why? Why? I, I, don't, I don't know. I, I don't understand. <laughs> so, so Jane notices that Bosley has been shot, uh, and she tries to, like, help him. Uh, Hodak then, like, rams the car into the river and then, like the way that the car was like rolling it was kind of weird because it was kind of like like kind of like this um at one shot and then when it cuts to the river like where the car lands in the river it's like at a different angle so i'm not sure how they how the car landed the river is what i'm saying <laughs> Well, I, I like know. Should, I get it. I, I feel like I guess logic. We should have a logic segment, okay, <laughs> moving forward, where we can just have Jeanette just like at the at the end of the episode, where you can just complain about all the logic bumps you saw <laughs> in an action 
movie. Because this is this is this this isn't the first time you've been upset about something that didn't make sense. It's like, of course not. We should have our like Mythbusters episode. Like Jeanette's uh, <laughs> uh, angry. Like I grow, I grow a beard. Like a no, not a beard. Like a mustache. Yeah. With like a little like, like art beret. hat. Yeah. And yeah, and I'll wear those like beret. thick ass glasses and be like, this is the, the welcome to Mythbusters where we solve. All of Jeanette's angry <laughs> quarrels with fictional movies. <laughs> okay, I think I'll I'll try my best to like hold back. No, no, no. just make saying. just make it a segment at the end of each episode. Now <laughs> it should just okay. be a thing. <laughs> when you ask me how I felt about Kristen Stewart's performance, I'm going to ask you how do you feel about the logic uh, in. Uh, and the and how realistic the stunts were in this in this movie. <laughs> okay, I'll I'll do that. I will do that. <laughs> cool. So, um, basically, the car, you know, dives into the river, and then Edgar immediately dies. Mm-hmm. Well, he was shot in the neck, and now he can't <laughs> breathe underwater. So yeah, that's it. Makes sense. Uh, <laughs> Her face is like scrunched up. She had something she wanted to say. Just do it. Just do it. <laughs> Just say it. <laughs> no, I'm not going to say it. No, say it. <laughs> no, I'm not going to say it. I don't want to say it. <laughs> so uh, Jane manages to help Elena and, you know, they make it out safely. And while that's happening, Sabina appears out of nowhere in a motorcycle uh, with a helmet and everything on and kind of like crashes her motorcycle so it could skid and then hit Hodag by the ankles. So then he's like knocked down but then gets up and is about to walk away and Sabina's like, stop! Stop right there! And she's pulling out her gun but then Hodag ignites the the bomb that just ha- so happened to be in his big ass jeep on top of the machine gun and then other items that he had he also had a bomb in there and <laughs> it blows up the big ass jeep blows up and it renders Sabina he had, he had a handy remote to have his car blow up <laughs> handy remote in his pocket <laughs> which I'm surprised did not detonate because like if it, it was if it was in his pockets i'm sure that it you would think yeah. yeah you would think yeah also yeah. too like it was a very controlled blast so like even though sabina fell over even though he was like maybe 10 feet away from her he was fine so in that yeah, big like totally monster fine. military jeep it had a controlled bomb in it for someone who was standing close enough to it to fall over but not die and someone who was slightly further away was fully intact <laughs> yes it's a great bomb <laughs> after the whole incident uh the trio make it outside of hamburg and the countryside where they meet rebecca bosley bos sorry uh rebecca notifies jane that oh yes like edgar is dead uh, even though we already knew at the river <laughs> yeah but the one thing that she does say um is and because you've been calling him edgar the whole time 
But like uh, yeah. up until this point, we only know him as Bosley. And even Rebecca, she she said Rebecca, uh, we only know her as Bosley. So all the Bosleys are just known as Bosley. We don't actually know their first names um, until, yeah. un- well, in this case, until uh, Edgar dies. And then she sort of reveals that his name was Edgar. So yeah, um, just keep that in mind. <laughs> yes. While Jeanette's just like, you know, knowing things that the audience doesn't <laughs> So. Well, I think they know. I think they know. <laughs> that the, the dude's name was but, Bosley. <laughs> yes, I know the, his you name called, was you Bosley. You called him John Bosley. The dude's name was Bosley. You called him because Rebecca I had Bosley. Because I had to specify who would, who I was talking about. Well, yeah, and that's fair. But I'm just making, just so everyone's clear, the, the angels don't know that his name is Edgar until after he already dies. There, everyone's calling him Bosley. Everyone's calling Elizabeth Banks Bosley. Everyone's calling Patrick Stewart Bosley. And then at some point, we do learn their first names. It's just Jeanette's already yeah. seen the movie, so she's telling everyone his name. But his name was Bosley. <laughs> okay, so so she comes and it's like, oh yeah, I'm Bosley. And then Elena is like, wait a minute, I thought. Edgar was Bosley and she's like oh well everyone is you know like there are multiple Bosleys mm-hmm. just so to clarify thank you, thank you. everything <laughs> that's all I ask <laughs> they get to the halfway house and Elena informs the team about Callisto and how she tries to stop her boss uh, from taking the product to public and the angels decide to take on the task and hack into Elena's company's directory to find someone uh, all three women can dress as. And then the next day, Elena enters her workplace with a bold cut hairstyle. It's kind of like that weird, like, it's has like bangs and then like hits the yeah, shoulder it's like, it's like but... bangs all over your head that like curl in it's kind of a very yeah. uh, 80s look or maybe 70s or whatever but the highlight i would say 70s was odd to me because isn't, oh, yeah. isn't it like blonde and then like black or is it yeah no it's it's a very it's a very odd choice for any woman of any era so um yeah. which is probably what they were going for it, it's not flattering on any of them just to... yeah no yeah. <laughs> yeah. So she enters uh, her workplace, and then because, like, her uh, ID was scanned in, Ralph, the chief of security, stops her to do, like, a pat-down while also, like, trying to hit on her. <laughs> and then telling her to smile right after that. Like... Just... Yeah. This movie is full of, like, just sort of the regular tropes that we as women always have to deal with. Um and uh, per usual, some dude told her to smile. I'm surprised that it came, like, so late in the movie. Because <laughs> that's, yes. that's what they're doing. Basically, they're saying, and, and I get the point, so I appreciate it, but, like, they're basically saying that, like, society, but mostly, like, the male race, um, underestimates women, and so they're able to sort of swoop under the radar because of it, and they get screwed for it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Once in the restroom, Sabina and Jane join claiming that they took ideas from two of Elena's co-workers in a way. So they have it set up to where Sabina will try to take the Callisto device from the safe room, but she discovers that Peter Fleming was the last person to take 
them. And Elena manages to take the Callisto, Callisto device that she had in her safe from her office. And then Jane uh, distracts the security officers by entering into different rooms, basically trying to prevent them from catching Elena or Sabina. Yeah, so they're like confused on the security tapes because they think they see, they're looking for Elena, but because they see a bunch of women wearing the same thing, they just think Elena, they're like, she's on number three, and then they all go to number three. You know, so they're, they're trying to distract the security guards and draw them away from Elena so that Elena can get Cal- Calypso? Yeah. I keep saying that. Callisto. Callisto. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Ralph is informed by one of his workers that the guy Sabina took his ID is at the office and he said that his, you know, ID is missing. So then Ralph and his men decide that it's Elena. Um, so as they're trying to find her, Jane enters one of the rooms and encounter Langston, Elena's assistant. And though Jane tries to be serious, she kind of flirts with him while setting up the booby trap uh, to the guards. They're kind of adorable. Yeah. It's pretty adorable. Also. <laughs> yeah, and even Sabina's like, wait, is that flirting? Like, are you flirting? Because <laughs> they could hear her. It's a cute moment because Jane doesn't, she's mostly serious all the time. So for her to like, and it's, it, his name's Noah Centino? I, I can't remember the name. Yeah. Uh, but he was on um, that uh, Netflix movie. Not while you were sleeping. <laughs> while you were, uh, to all the boys I've loved before. <laughs> ah. It took so long for me to figure out. Um, yeah. And so they're having sort of like a little cute flirtatious moment, which is cool. And I loved it. So, um, yes, continue. <laughs> While walking around, Sabina encounters one of the guards and knocks him out before leaving. And Elena manages to get Susan, the woman who they tried to disguise as, to distract the guards by leaving her desk. Suzanne, Elena could go to her computer and take something. I kind of forgot what it was. But... but but yeah, by by then they're like heading out of the building. However, Ralph notices the scheme that's happening and locks down the building, causing Elena and Jane to basically be trapped inside the building. So she uses the Callisto device uh, to unlock the loading dock door. Uh, and while the two wait for the device to activate, Ralph enters the room. Elena tries to get Ralph to come to her, but he refuses. And then the device ignites and Ralph dies from a fatal seizure. Yeah, and that's, and that's sort of, it's just sort of showing us like why it's not good for Callisto to come out and why uh, Elena's been sort of like screaming from the rooftops that it's dangerous and we sort of see it through like Ralph's demise. Yes. Basically if it gets powered up it can like explode and it can kill people and so now we know that like if these things are released they could they could essentially be used as bombs Uh, almost like the bomb that was in that terrible Jeep Hummer in the last like it it has that effect on people (laughs) yes (laughs) elena and jane once the door opens they join rebecca and sabina 
and they exit the area. Brock is informed about the death of Ralph and orders his men to find the women before throwing the phone while in the woods before he asks whoever that was next to him to ask to give him his phone. <laughs> uh, it cuts back to uh, the team um, heading to the Berlin headquarters where they introduce Elena to the saint who is kind of like the butler from, sorry, Alfred from Batman in a way where it's like he kind of like helps them out and then like does a bunch of things for them but like yeah i mean as far that's like his role as a like at within the charlie's angels headquarters but he couldn't be less like alfred in appearance personality and mannerisms no yeah (laughs) just so we're clear (laughs) but yes go on yeah yeah and i think like it kind of was noted like throughout the from that from here on out that he kind of does a lot of wellness stuff yeah so like you know he was putting like that like green stuff on (laughs) sabina's shoulder and (laughs) like uh correcting elena's spine yeah at that one point when they first met (laughs) that was so funny so uh while at the headquarters rebecca informs elena that peter is in istanbul with the devices intending to sell them to the black market so rebecca pulls sabina and jane aside uh while elena is discovering like the new items at the headquarters to tell them not to tell people where they are going before heading to an unknown car to receive this phone it's kind of like unknown of who it is but the hand that comes out it's kind of like a woman a woman's hand uh because it's got this like big ass green jewelry (laughs) not stereotyping but (laughs) because men can have big ass pieces of jewelry too (laughs) yes i think like rebecca was like saying like oh something about the location like oh where is he or something it's supposed to be very cryptic, um, but yeah. she's got something up her sleeve that the rest of the angels don't know about. Got it. Yeah. The phone kind of has like a tracking device that is showing a map of London, and then it cuts to London where John Bosley meets a friend to check on if the watch that he was given uh, has a tracking device. And though the watch does not have a tracking device, his friend informs him that his bone has a tracking device and then he explains that it could have been like this kind of like synthetic device where if eaten or kind of like drank that it would go into your bones (laughs) yeah it's like a weird implant inside his body it's kind of yeah but you know you gotta do it (laughs) this makes john feel that rebecca is planning plant the device in his drink at the retirement party and it's kind of second guessing like oh like should i still trust rebecca and then it cuts back to the angels where they're in istanbul where jane tries to reconnect with a person that she worked with when she was working for mi6 uh and her name is fatima and despite Fatima being upset after what Jane did to her when she worked for MI6, 
I guess like she promised like a bunch of things, but then never followed through. Yeah, it was vague and they didn't really let it pan out. So we don't exactly know details because they were talking as if, you know, they were going to do more and they didn't. So it was, yeah, apparently uh, Fatima didn't have a good experience the last time she endured, like, you know, worked with Jane. She felt betrayed and Jane was remorseful. That's all we really got about it. Jane is like, okay, like. I'll help you this time because she's like for a different agency and it then cuts to them giving her supplies for Fatima's work which I'm assuming is probably for like a family clinic because it had a lot of maternity stuff a lot of like period pads like tampons uh, feminine care uh, baby care uh, I think prenatal stuff too. So in exchange for that, Fatima like finds the location of Peter, uh, and when Fatima notifies them of the location of Peter, uh, she offers to help them get inside of the hotel that he's staying at in exchange for the van. And then uh, Rebecca's like, "Sure, like fine." <laughs> So once getting access into the hotel, Sabina acts as a maid to gather information from Peter's laptop while Jane follows Peter in the spice market and distracts him while Rebecca plants a Sims card into Peter's phone to track his phone. And Elena was ordered to stay at the halfway house because if Peter spots her he probably would know what's up basically yeah they're just doing spy stuff (laughs) yeah uh so once they reconvene they discover that peter is selling the products um at a well-known racetrack nearby so elena offers to help um out by having the ability to hack into anything and when she meant anything she meant anything (laughs) Yeah, she's just a, like, overarching smart person. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So despite some hesitation, uh, they take her in, and they have her pretend to be press uh, while hacking into surveillance uh, to kind of watch where Peter is going, Jane to pre- pretends to be a guest and scan the area of potential buyers or threats and she even goes up on this like tower to sedate anyone who may be interfering with the situation or Peter. Sabina acts as a jockey to survey the ground level and Rebecca acts as a paramedic for her quick escape from the area. And I guess like what was going to happen like their plan was was that they're going to sedate Peter and then Rebecca was going to come in take him in and you know yeah I guess the they, they, they thought that they could like trank him I don't know I think the weirdest part was where they had Jane sitting because she was so high up on a tower so she was supposed to like shoot him with a dart gun in like a crazy crowd of people he was gonna faint yeah no one would notice the dart in his neck and then uh and then uh, Bosley was supposed to show up and carry him away, I guess, on her own and put him in the ambulance where she could take the Cal- Callisto for, for herself, Yeah, I suppose. 
I feel like this would have been a great time to have that like those like uh, Charlie's Angels ninjas because <laughs> I feel like <laughs> this four person team wasn't enough. <laughs> no, as they look for Peter, Elena spots Peter with the crown prince, and then the way that she's like announcing it uh, to the team, like <laughs> she's like talking to this guy who just like sits across from her. And she was like, wait a minute, who is this person? And he's like, you don't know him? He's the crown prince. And then she was like, he's the crown prince? <laughs> like, kind of like shouting, thinking that, oh, like she needs to shout in order for the team to hear her. And once like that whole thing happens, she's like, oh, Peter's there. And then she leaves and like, it's like, yes, it's Peter. Like, that's Peter. <laughs> so Jane <laughs> tries to shoot Peter with the tranquilizer but ends up shooting one of the guards and Peter gets into this G-Wagon and Elena meets up with Rebecca in the medic vehicle and Sabina decides to ride a horse even though she's definitely afraid of horses and then surprisingly someone else just replaces her and then gallops trying to catch up to a very fast car Okay, just so we're clear, first of all, stop calling her Rebecca. I'm so getting sick of that. <laughs> her name's Bosley. Second, okay, Sabina's not afraid of horses. Kristen Stewart is afraid of horses. <laughs> Sabina's fine. <laughs> as far as we know, that's her on the damn horse. <laughs> I, love, I love that this is your sticking point. <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> Let the record show she is just saying. <laughs> Sabina tries to catch up to the uh, vehicle, but can't. So she kind of jumps off the horse and throws a tracking device on it. And then catches up with the rest of the team with Bosley uh, trying to catch <laughs> up uh, with you. Peter and while driving she spots a lamborghini uh suv because she was saying like oh we can't catch up to them with this vehicle and then just randomly stops cuts in front of someone mind you like mm -hmm. she was in like the middle of the lane and just cuts someone and that person didn't like honk or anything didn't get into an accident nothing <laughs> <laughs> This could all be part of your logic segment. <laughs> they, like, follow the tracking device and they land at this rock uh, quarry to watch Peter enter the warehouse. And once they sneak into the warehouse, they soon discover that Johnny Smith is the buyer's assistant and offers money and a wire transfer to Peter in exchange for the Callisto device. However, Johnny knows that his boss would like to have a demonstration causing Peter to be speechless. And he's like, wait a minute, like, I don't want to kill anyone. Like, and Johnny's like, oh, you could just, like, kill anyone. Like, anyone would, like, participate or, <laughs> like, right. you know, stand up for his team. And then Peter argues that it's too dangerous and, you know, they would need an expert to manage this device. And just then, Hodak shoots and kills Peter in the head. Yeah, and basically it's just because Peter, from the get-go, this is the jerk who was uh, mansplaining the device that Elena made 
to her. He it's just it's just further uh, reiterating that he didn't know how to use the device in the first place. He was just trying to make money off of it. So uh, yeah, which you know is super random. They, I don't think they ever explained why this man who's like I don't know the vice president of this tech company decides in that moment to sell it to the highest bidder. Because not only is yeah. that like he not only is he risking his job, <laughs> but he's risking yeah. going to jail. Like they have your credentials, they probably have your fingerprints, and you decide in that moment to steal the device that's supposed to make your company and your career better from the company that you work for. It, it made no sense, and they never explained this. <laughs> but you know. So that is in Zynga's uh, logic segment. <laughs> okay, touche, touche. Jane and Sabina uh, inform Bosley of drowning Hodag, causing Bosley to flee. And Elena then locks the warehouse system while Jane and Sabina try to take down the men up from the barracks. However, when one of the men fall to the ground, like Johnny and Hodak is like, oh, they're here. Like the women are here. <laughs> so, <laughs> like a another like fighting scene happens with Jane trying to like take down Hodak, but then he flees with the Callisto device, and Sabina tries to take down Johnny, but then he flees when. Elena, who's also in the fighting scene with someone else, Big accidentally, yes. She, for whatever reason, Elena, who's clearly the shortest, <laughs> and also, by the way, wearing a dress, has to fight the yes. biggest goon they have. <laughs> <laughs> she accidentally opens the gate, you know, by like hitting uh, the keyboard, mm-hmm. and Johnny makes it out before Elena hits the keyboard again by accident and closing it behind him. After everything calms down, the women return back to the place that they're staying at and discovered that Bosley is nowhere to be found. Sabina feels that she is the falling angel of the situation. And then uh, Elena receives a phone call from uh john sorry from bosley <laughs> unless <laughs> you want you. me to specify you can go well now that there are only two bosleys it's lady bosley or dude bosley <laughs> but it's, it's patrick stewart she receives a call from patrick stewart <laughs> okay yeah yeah so she receives a call from patrick stewart and dude he's bosley. like oh like yeah he's like oh like you know be careful like you're gonna get hurt you need to leave that area and then uh, just then, an explosion occurs, knocks all three women out. Uh, Elena makes it out, surprisingly, uh, and she spots Bosley Banks, like Elizabeth's um, Lady Bosley. Bosley. <laughs> Lady Bosley notes to her that she is, oh, like, you're okay, you're okay, like, be careful, but then she pulls out a gun, and then she is shot by man bosley who takes elena and like just like takes her to this car that's just randomly there (laughs) yeah uh, like i think i would just say like 
in the film, like at, around this point, it's unclear who the good Bosley is and who the bad Bosley is. Like I think the angels were starting to suspect that maybe Elizabeth Banks's Bosley might not be telling them everything, and so they were a little, they were starting to like distrust her a bit, um, which is also why that sort of cryptic conversation she has with the mysterious woman is supposed to be so significant. Like, even though it doesn't really pan out into anything, it's supposed to make us think that she might be somewhat untruthful. Also, too, um, when we find out that she had she put the tracker in Patrick Stewart's Bosley. Um, so when mm-hmm. when he and I don't know how he got Elena's phone number, but like um, when he shows up and he's like, you need to come with me. Like, we're not completely sure which Bosley we're supposed to trust. Um, and so like when Elizabeth Banks like uh, pulls out the gun, it's we're supposed to think that maybe she's the bad one. Yeah. Yeah. Jane and Sabina make it out, but Sabina is seriously injured, and Jane takes Sabina to Fatima, who helps him out, and the saint and Lady Bosley arrive once Sabina wakes up, and Jane tries to attack Lady Bosley, but the saint and Lady Bosley explain the situation, so also too you just overlooked uh, the whole moment where Jane like starts crying over Sabina's like unconscious body about how she was her friend and you know I'm so sorry this happened to you and she does Ella Belenska gets her own like weird kind of sad ugly cry <laughs> which was like yeah you know she she could probably use a few more years of acting before she starts doing stuff like that but it was fun to uh you know sort of see and then they sort of wake up and then we're, we're supposed to assume cuz like I think uh to like throughout the movie um they're kind of like butting heads a lot but after uh the accident with sabina and jane sort of like breaking down we're supposed to assume that now that they're they're actually really close friends but before then they kind of they're constantly like busting each other's chops and stuff like that um yeah yeah you forgot about that part Jeanette (laughs) well I mean like for me I I didn't think it was that great (laughs) also like I wanted to you know keep it short (laughs) no it's cool I I did it I handled I handled it I handled it you can proceed (laughs) Lady Bosley reveals that uh John Bosley is the buyer of Callisto and she was following him this entire time and (laughs) over i guess like over the last few decades uh john bosley secretly built his own network within the agency after he was passed over to succeed the late charlie townsend and that's like charlie from the voice box (laughs) yeah and also too like i just gotta say right like because this is like a recurring theme where it's like somebody within the Charlie's Angels, I'm doing air quotes for those of you who can't see my yeah. fingers, organization. Someone within the Charlie's Angels organization always turns on them. Like, you can't trust anybody. It's like every fourth person who's involved is dirty. <laughs> They're like cops. <laughs> it's freaking wild. <laughs> and so this time, John Bosley, Dude Bosley, Patrick Stewart's Bosley, whatever you want to call him, like, is, is evil. <laughs> Yeah. (laughs) Once, like, it's revealed that, yes, like, John Bosley is the bad guy in this film, Lady Bosley notes that she had to leave, like, the team behind uh, at the Rock Quarry because she discovered that John is in Istanbul and she needed to, like, follow him. 
So, meanwhile, John Bosley takes Elena to the party um, in Chamonix. I don't know. What <laughs> that, that sounds is. like a like a candy bar. <laughs> Chamonix. I know. It sounds. <laughs> It sounds like either a cleaning product or like a candy bar. Oh sure, yeah, no, I, I get that too. <laughs> like for mop, like you, you, it's a solution you use to mop the floor. Yes. Chamonix. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, followed by uh, like pansol, palmsol. Oh, but... <laughs> what's it? Yeah, pansol, pansol, pansol. <laughs> yes, pansol. Chamonix has bleach. Pansol doesn't. <laughs> yeah. We just had fun with words. <laughs> so Chamonix is hosted by Brock, and it's kind of like a party where he reveals like his new invention. And confused, Elena informs John Bosley that they need to stop the buyer from using Callisto. And then he was very robotic because it, it almost felt... You saw it. Like, yeah. it was, like, very awkward of his interaction with her. And then we finally yeah. reveal that uh, Hodak is helping John Bosley as he hands the Callista device to him. Yeah, so, I feel uh, like I feel like this movie was a lot of like a lot of people were strapped for cash and they were like, sure, I'll do this movie. Like I need I need some money. I got I got to pay for some kids to get through college or something like that. Because like, you know. The delivery for a few cameos was like suspect. I've seen I've seen the dude who plays Brock do better things. <laughs> I know. Like wasn't he in like that one with the wheelchair guy? <laughs> oh yeah. Wasn't he the wheelchair guy? <laughs> he was the wheelchair guy. Oh my god, I can't remember the name of that movie, but I know what you're talking about. The one where like isn't yeah. it isn't it um uh Daenerys Targaryen and she's like taking care of him. That's him, right? Yeah, yeah, I totally yeah. I'm sorry. I don't remember the name, but I, I've seen that. You're right. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> That's totally him. I'm just I'm realizing it. I'm realizing it in real time, guys. <laughs> sorry. Like, just like your reaction was really funny. You're like, yes, I know. I know. <laughs> you know what it is? It's because I didn't recognize him without a, a wheelchair. <laughs> I feel like he was in a wheelchair. I'd be like, oh, that guy. <laughs> um, and I couldn't get over that, like, hoodie over a blazer look that's just the douchiest yeah. like tech genius look and i i hate it i hated it so much so i was like i know i've seen that guy from somewhere but i couldn't tell you where <laughs> no worries oh man i didn't recognize it without his wheelchair well okay <laughs> it's like oh my god he can walk like he i did not walk. know that he has sneakers on he can only walk Wow, the talent, the raw talent on this man. Yeah, he can go from good actor to terrible actor very quickly. That's just, yeah. uh, that's impressive. It's the range for me. So, <laughs> so uh, Brock arrives and he is, uh, reveal, he reveals to Elena that he actually tried to have her be killed and assassinated in some way and then she's like what like you you wanted to kill me and he was yeah. like yeah yeah i wanted to kill you Is she's serious right now like the dude killed edgar like he chased after you so some people have been trying to kill her since the beginning of the movie <laughs> she's still being yeah. beatboxed on a podium she doesn't realize it <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, and uh, before he could explain further, he kind of gets blindsided by John Bosley's plan to weaponize Callisto. Mm-hmm. It was almost like that Brock thought that he was in charge, but then it turns out that it was John Bosley that was kind of in charge this yeah, entire time. Because he like hires he hires Patrick Stewart to take out Elena, you know? Yeah, and I think uh, basically Patrick Stewart like flips the script and he's like. But I, I want to make millions off of your product, so I'm going to double cross you. And so that's what we're sort of picking up in that moment. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I think it's weird that Elena was surprised um, that he <laughs> wasn't a good guy. It's like he's clearly not a good guy. Like the whole yeah, time she's like, really... I, I want to tell, I want to tell this millionaire guy, okay, who's trusting this dude with bad teeth, okay that the product is safe, okay, why would she think that if she got to him, he'd be like, oh yeah, shut it down. Of course not. <laughs> why would he shut it down? Yeah. Jeez, so gullible. Basically, uh, John Bosley then orders Brock to help him sign into Callisto. And when he turned to Elena, she refuses. However, <laughs> Uh, John Bosley just walks to this uh, kind of coat closet in a way and then reveals that Langston was tied up in there this entire time. Yeah. And even Brock was like, wait a minute, you had a man in my closet? And it's not even a closet, it's like a cabinet. And the dude's like yeah. six feet, just tied up in a cabinet. <laughs> and he didn't yeah. move a muscle. <laughs> No. I'm surprised that he didn't accidentally, like, bump into the doors and then open them. Seriously. (laughs) Or, like, say something. They must be strong doors. Yeah, or, like, kick or, you know, something. (laughs) He's like, I'm just going to sit quietly here, tied up, and not say anything. (laughs) I'm going to be a good captive person. (laughs) And, like, when I say, like, a cabinet, it's like like a, like, the Lion, the Witch, and a wardrobe. It's a wardrobe, right? A wardrobe, yes. He's taller than the cabinet, but he's just sitting inside it, just like being a good little, uh, little prisoner. (laughs) Yeah. So, uh, after that, after, like, threatening to killing Langston, Langston, Elena sets up Callisto and basically had it set up to where it will activate, and... Brock is like, oh my god, like, don't activate. And John was John Bosley was like, oh, like, we're not going to be here in the room when it activates. We're going to leave. We're going to have fun. We're going to party. Which is odd for a 60-year-old, well, not even 60, like a 80-year-old man partying. Hey, you got to like, get it in while you can. I don't blame him. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, Sabina, Jane, and Lady Bosley joined the visionary party and then it's like kind of like a weird segment because uh, Jane and Sabina walk in, just like strutting in, and then they just join this dance team and then just do like this coordinated dance. Yeah, they knew that all the they moves, weren't part of, even though they just walked in. Yes, <laughs> it made no sense. Yes. <laughs> it looked fun, but it made no sense. <laughs> Yeah, it made no sense, but it was very fun. They then uh, kind of, like, make their way into this, like, one room after, like, knocking out some of the men. And Sabina types 
like just a bunch of numbers in one of the safes, which is behind this bullseye to kind of distract Brock because he receives an alarm on his phone. And then he like informs Hodak to go check the safe. And once Hodak enters the room, he then encounters Jane and Sabina. They get into, you know, like a fight. Sabina leaves to help save Elena. And Jane manages to get revenge from Hodak and kills him by uh, making him fall off this ledge and land on this uh, design, like, it looks like a pyramid. Statue. Yeah. Or like some sort of a it was, big it, it looks like the um the Washington Monument. In, in like yeah. is, is it ice? I don't know if it was ice or something, but it was sitting See, I don't think it was ice. Yeah. It maybe it was concrete, but it was like sitting on a table. Um and he kind of just falls into it and he's just impaled. It's a it's, yeah. it's wild. It's so wild. Like you would think he would have rolled off a little bit, but he's just fully impaled. Yeah. Into it. Ugh. And then everyone's like, "What the hell?" And Brock is like, "What? What's going on?" Now, also, too, he didn't fall from a high enough height that I thought that that was that even would possible. have that. Like it, they were on the yeah. first floor, and and he was fighting her on the second floor. It just you would think he'd yeah. fall from higher for that to happen, but he's impaled. Like, it's wild. Like. It's embedded in his back through his chest, and he's dead. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sorry. I, I, it I, got me. I was like, whew. Goodness. <laughs> you, like, clutch your pearls? I did. Like, I, oh, my. I just grabbed the cleave a bit, and I was like, oh, my. <laughs> <laughs> so Sabina rescues Elena and Langston, uh, and Langston's like, oh, my God, like, the system's going to explode. We're going to die. But Elena notes to him that she already disabled the device and just programmed it to make flashing lights. And then um, all three women and Lady Bosley surround John Bosley and Brock. Um, and also having half of the guests working for the agency. Uh, like half the guests there. had invites. And they were probably on the dance floor. So now we know why they knew that dance. Was because they they, they did a knew. whole they were like they were back at the academy choreographing that dance. <laughs> and so they're like, so we're gonna come in later and we're gonna dance. This is how we're gonna do it. Mm, 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 mm. And then you go like this. Step, 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 step. <laughs> they were ready. <laughs> Yes, they were ready. <laughs> Hello, procrastinating and editing Jeanette here. During the original recording of this, Nzinga's voice memos stopped recording uh, during the last 20 minutes of our session. As a result, we had to re-record. But if you do hear any audio changes or any weird noise that wasn't there prior, just note that 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 was the reason. Also, Nzinga has a lovely message for the prison that ruined the voice memo. And yeah, hope you enjoy. Okay, bye. Jerk. All right. Fuck the Toro guy. Fuck the Toro guy. <laughs> okay, we are ready to go. <laughs> okay, so uh, picking up from the previous recording, so 
all three women uh, surround John and Brock having half the guests working for the agency. And that's when we realized that the reason why they coordinated uh, the dance moves so well was because half of the people in the uh, age at the you know party were agents basically right yes and it's it was super weird that they just sort of rolled up in there and were like yeah we're dancing we know all the moves it was very it was very strange <laughs> it's like it was very strange it's like uh what's happening now it's <laughs> like they all got together and had a whole routine and danced the night away uh in preparation for the five minutes that they were on the dance floor for no reason it didn't it didn't set up anything <laughs> Truly. <laughs> oh, classic. <laughs> and then it also turns out that Johnny, from the beginning and also in the middle, because he was like the buyer's assistant, um, he switched sides to help the ladies with the information for the party. Yeah, and what was his name? Like Johnny Smith? He's like an apple or something? Like, yeah. that... That dude was never explained. He's just conveniently there. <laughs> he's just like, yeah. surprise, a villain. <laughs> oh, but actually, he's kind of not a villain. Oh, actually, he's a good guy now. Like, no, no explanation ever. <laughs> yeah, he's just he's just a opportunistic perv. <laughs> yeah, because all they like talked about was that he was an an embezzler, but they didn't really explain that. Oh, he's doing this to get lesser time, or uh, to <laughs> do like yeah. may maybe he decided he didn't want to do anymore, or I don't know. It was very yeah, clearly he was like like uh, I guess Lady Bosley was convincing enough that he was able to sort of like change sides. Mm -hmm. But then I wonder, and I guess it, because he was like, he says something like, it's just business, you know? So clearly Lady Bosley bribed him, unless she ex uh, extorted him or something. I don't know. Like uh, but it just, <laughs> yeah, and I'm like, what, I, what is your purpose, sir? Like, I, I need a backstory. Why are you willing to jump from, like, mysterious businessman to mysterious male Bosley to mysterious female Bosley? Like, he... <laughs> He's a flipper. <laughs> yeah. Once the women knock John and Brock's men out with like these mints and it's like a type of thing where it's like this blue thing that you put at people's necks and then they like just get knocked out. And I know you said yeah. you don't like it. Uh, no, I think that's a stupid um, gadget personally. Cause like, I mean, even, and I know that they played it like a lot through throughout the movie but to, for them to have like just a like it was like Altoids or whatever. Yeah. And they just take an Altoid mint and stick it to some dude's neck. Like what I what, in what world <laughs> do you I guess unless you're like about to because you're they're women I guess they could just sort of like get up close and whisper sweet nothings in their ear and then just stick it to their neck. But like it seems like a dumb <laughs> a dumb knockout gadget. Like yeah. I'd rather use mace, <laughs> you know. Like bear mace or whatever, because at least you can stand apart. But like, in order to for that to be effective, you have to get up on the assailant. Mm -hmm. um, so I wasn't rocking with it. <laughs> yeah, and it's not as cool as like Spock's like neck grab. I would say that that's a lot cooler. Yeah. Uh, than the mint. <laughs> like... Yeah, because then at least you're like you could you sort of reach out like it's arm's length 
mm-hmm. and like pinch them from behind or something. So yeah, yeah, for sure. I agree with that. I agree. Yeah. Rebecca then tries to make a speech to uh, John be like, oh, like, you know, I always like, you know, thought that you were a great guy, but then, you know, you turn into a villain, yada, yada, yada. And <laughs> Sabina just like got so tired of it. So then she just knocked the, like basically punched John and he fell to the ground. I mean, he's mm-hmm. fine. He was just knocked unconscious. And then brought... And by John, you mean John Bosley. Yes, John Bosley. Sorry. Bosley, John Bosley. Male Bosley. Bosley the balls guy. Yeah. Balls of Bosley. <laughs> Sorry, I'm done. Um, so, uh, in the end, Brock is arrested for conspiracy. Jane and Langston, uh, who is like the lab tech assistant... Uh, they begin a re- like a really cute relationship, and then Elena. Wait, is it is it a relationship though, Jeanette, or is it just a little bit of shameless flirting? I don't. I feel like they didn't actually. It was just sort of like hi, hi, I like you. I think okay. it's. I would it. say it's like more like a fling. Like I feel like it's like a fling where everyone knows, but I think right now they were just for writing perspective that they're like, oh yeah, they're in a relationship, but maybe. Mm-hmm. In reality, they're probably were just in a fling, but who knows? Yeah, I feel like they didn't set up like let's go on a date or something. Yeah, it was more of like a, I think you're cute. What could happen next? But we don't actually get to see what happens next, type of a thing. Yeah, because probably <laughs> Jane is way too busy. <laughs> a bit, yeah. She's got villains to hit. Yeah. Because apparently only she can fight them. <laughs> yeah, apparently, compared to the other ones, because Sabina is yeah. too busy, like, running down the stairs, and Elena is... Right. And this is kind of a, an issue that I have in general with this version, is, like, they all have... And I guess it's fair, but, like, they all have one specific... Or not one, but, like, they all have specific skills that aren't interchangeable. You know, like, I feel like the original, or the original, like, feature Charlie's Angels, like the Drew Barrymore Charlie's Angels, like, they could all kind of do each other's job if they needed to. Like, even though, like, it was clear Alex was the smart one and she knew, like, tech stuff, I feel like if Alex was in peril, like, um, what are the other names? Dylan? (laughs) Dylan could probably pull it off you know as well like because mm-hmm. she was trained to do that but it felt like they specifically these particular charlie's angels they had specific set of skills which i guess makes sense for a three-person team but they had like a specific set of skills that only they were good at and the rest of them were sort of improvising to stay to keep up yeah. i would say and in this case jane's skill was that she kicked ass yeah and did like stunts and stuff yeah i I think, like, I can, like, go more into detail about it, um, but, yeah, like, I kind of feel that for this type of, like, this new generation of angels, like, it, I do agree with you that it is, like, there isn't, it's more specific, and then they're not interchangeable with each other, but I also Mm -hmm. feel like that they put a lot of, like, comedy into it. You know, because right. I mean, I I get it that it is supposed to be kind of like a campy film, but at the same time, like there were moments in the previous uh, uh um films 
that had like either like a slightly serious moment or like maybe a romantic moment you know it wasn't like always comedy and I think that with for these women it kind of felt like Elena was more of like the um was it the comic relief but it's kind of funny because the actress isn't necessarily a comedian and then also like she probably has done some you know comedy acting but not enough to be like an expert like you know Kate McKinnon or Leslie Jones for sure I mean th- I mean those are big comedy names I mean I get that but... <laughs> but um I yeah no I think Elena's comedy came from like her just like like more like situational comedy where like she was put in situations she wasn't comfortable with and that was comedic whereas I felt like um uh, Sabina was probably considered to be more of a comic relief in just like her personality mixed with the seriousness of all the situations. So I think I think at least for this film, like it was um, Kristen Stewart who was bearing the most of the load of the comedy. Yeah, um, I would say. Yeah. After you know the case is closed, then Elena is recruited as an angel to the Townsend Agency. And then during um, the credits, Elena trains uh, with other women like Danica Patrick, Ronda Rousey, and Laverne Cox. And after- Yeah, they were stacked. Yeah. Yeah, Those angels were stacked. It was wild how many like, just like heavy hitters they had in the credits. (laughs) Oh yeah. And um, while they were doing a skydive activity, uh, uh, woman Bosley. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) um, She was, she tells Elena before she jumps off the plane that, oh, hey, we need someone to land the plane and then just pops out of the plane. So Elena is so, like, Distraught, so then she lands the plane. Luckily, because you know she's just you know an engineer, like she can land the plane. Um, And and then because of that, she is accepted into the agency and receives a tattoo uh, from the saints. And you said that like uh, she wanted it in like on her arm, right? No, she wanted it like on her chest, like um, like above, like I think right below her collarbone or something. Oh, which I thought was weird because the other two angels had it on the back of their necks, and yeah. so I it, it seemed to me like it would be standard to do back of your neck because then it's hidden from your from your hair. But she was like, "Oh, I think I want it right here," and I was like, "Do you get a choice in the matter? Like, I don't understand why you would do that." As soon as you wear a bathing suit, everyone knows you're an angel. <laughs> it's like, like why? <laughs> you're still a spy. <laughs> It's a tattoo. <laughs> I just, I thought it was weird. <laughs> and also, I, I also thought it was kind of funny because she had both, uh, like Jane and Sabina with her, kind of like holding hands. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, okay, I don't think it would be that painful. But then at the same time, I'm not sure what Elena's pain tolerance is. So <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> The tattoo expert over here. <laughs> yeah, sure. No, I'm sure she, it's, I mean, she's a spy, so I'm sure she'll get over it. But yeah, no, let's talk about her pain tolerance. <laughs> sure. 
but uh but yeah that is the end of the film (laughs) (laughs) um so yeah like i for me i kind of feel like that the film it wasn't it was I think it was the editing because I know that I talked about it throughout this recording and also the other recording <laughs> where um, where I was like so focused on like the choppy editing and how like mm. there would be one shot where it would have the briefcase at like a certain angle and then when it cuts to the second shot it would be a different angle. So it wasn't a lot of consistency, and I don't know if it was because they just either didn't have one of those, like, script supervisors there on site, which would be kind of weird if they didn't have it, because most, like, big... Oh, did I lose you in Zynga? Oh, I... Oh, no. And they got. I am holding Forgenet because my internet is wonky and she froze onto my screen and oh. I don't know what to do. When Jeanette hears this recording, it's gonna sound like I'm insane, but I really like to see her again. I am starting to feel awkward and I don't know what to do here. I'm gonna do a jig and see what happens. Do do diddly do 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 diddly do 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 diddly do do do. Where's Jeanette? I don't know where Jeanette is. <laughs> there she is. Hey. <laughs> Sorry, like, when I was talking, like, it was just you, like, being like this, like, <laughs> so. <laughs> yeah, I get I get the impression that my roommate probably re- rebooted the internet and didn't give me a heads up beforehand. Uh. Anywho, <laughs> you were saying. <laughs> yeah. Um... Oh, just so we're clear, you have probably about... Four minutes of me being weird on here <laughs> okay so that'll be great <laughs> but yeah you were saying uh your thoughts on the film and the editing was poor yeah so the editing was poor because like like there were shots where one shot was the briefcase was on one way and then the other shot was in a different angle it kind of felt like that they didn't necessarily had like a good script supervisor or they probably didn't even try to get a script supervisor who knows so I think because of that it's kind of something that made me not be able to like enjoy this film I mean I really do like Kristen Stewart's role as well as the lady who played Jane I think her name was Ella yeah Ella Belinska yeah Ella I think, like, both of them did a really good job, um, you know, playing their characters. Uh, it was kind of weird that, uh, <laughs> that Jane would just, like, burst into tears and, like, do an ugly cry, like, you know, when, yeah, <laughs> yeah that was a bit weird, but, uh, <laughs> but, you know, I mean, you know, maybe that's, like, the weird thing that, we're discovering about this character who knows a character that we may not see in a sequel but yeah your take (laughs) yeah that's probably not gonna happen Um, so I actually I had fun with it like I really liked the film like I'm probably one of the few people who did (laughs) 
but as like a casual viewer who who really likes the charlie's angels property and just really likes sort of like female action and like camaraderie within between women which isn't something you always see um for me i just i really enjoyed it i thought it was funny i really liked seeing Kristen stewart be um do like lighter fare i would say i feel like she does a lot of very serious roles and i don't know who decided she was supposed to be like a serious actor um but i think she was funny and i think it was cute and it was nice to have <laughs> it was it was sort of nice to have like a new generation of charlie's angels so you know <clears throat> i don't know what's not connecting and like why um in general like I know you get really technical because you're a director but like um, I think I don't know why like in general like predominantly female cast films don't seem to connect and you know like push along the finish line like it's disappointing a bit <laughs> but I personally yeah. still enjoy um, I still really enjoyed the movie and I, and I had fun with it and you know um, it was not a two hours wasted. So um, I recommend it if you can like not take yourself too seriously and just enjoy like a, a fun film with a bunch of fun girls doing really cool stuff and stunts and beating dudes to a pulp and stuff like that. So yeah. I recommend it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I noticed that because it's not only the Ghostbusters, the, um, the previous remake from 2016, yeah. But also the four three five one, um, it was the one with um, uh, that one lady that just got an Oscar, Lupita Nyong'o. Um, oh yeah, uh, four fifty five, right? Four fifty five, I think so. Yeah. Yeah, but like anything, you think um, people didn't like Ocean's Eight? Is it Ocean's Eight or? Oh, I like. Yeah, I, it was a Ocean's Eight, <laughs> but I, I really like that one. I mean. Yeah, I know. It just seems like, it seems like, I don't know what it is, but like, it seems like female, like it was a predominantly female cast. There's just something that's missing that I don't, the execution, I don't know. But like, cause like, even when you think about it, something like a, like a peppermint, you know, which is a very dark movie, it's basically, um, uh, taken, but <laughs> yeah, it's just poorly well, it's also, executed. It's also like John Wick as in a, certain way yeah John too. Wick that's yeah. better that's a better one yeah but it's like it's something about like and I don't I personally don't think it's the actress on screen no there's something going on where like it things aren't connected I mean that what's the other one that we did recently with uh Blake Blake what? oh the rhythm section yeah like those like I don't understand what the issue is where it's just like it's almost it almost feels like people behind the scenes just half-ass their effort when women are the ones leading the charge yeah and like obviously there have been some exceptions like i feel like in her prime angelina jolie could you know deliver a solid movie but it feels like more often than not like if there's like female-led or like a female ensemble like there's something that's not that that makes it just not perfect like you saw how much crap captain marvel got <laughs> oh yeah mm-hmm so yeah it's disappointing but it's not gonna stop me from going to the movies and i had a fun time with it like i i found myself looking up and chuckling a bit um so uh you know if you if you just want to have fun for two hours like yeah check it out <laughs> yeah i mean like for me like don't be like me that was very technical about <laughs> this like i still love the film I, I you know i still i still really like it i really like kristen stewart 
it was really amazing to like have her come out of her bisexual realm I think she's bisexual I think based on what Wikipedia told me but <laughs> she came out of her realm <laughs> her she, she was realm. Where, where yes she was I have no entrance to that realm <laughs> I'm just curious. It's like, do you need a ticket? I wonder <laughs> if it's like in the hat of like the lead singer from uh, Four Non Blondes, where you had to go into her hat. Like, oh, oh, that'd be cool. Like, it's the secret passageway is in someone's clothes. Just, yeah, that's that's wild. It'd be hilarious to, yeah. to view. Now that's a movie. <laughs> and then you go in, and you think it's a lesbian cafe from the '90s. You know, but then <laughs> there are a couple of men. You're like, oh, is it? Yeah. Is it? <laughs> it's definitely it's definitely a cat cafe for sure. There's definitely cats. <laughs> yes. Um, and not cats from cats, but cats. Yes, not not the CGI cats, but like actual yeah. cats that roam and meow in a hum like a non-human way, but like. <laughs> Have you done cats on this show yet? Uh, no, I haven't. No, because <laughs> she doesn't. I bet you you haven't done it because you don't want to watch it. <laughs> oh god, I'm like afraid. I know Miles. He he wanted to um wa- have me watch it, and I'm like I can't. Like I. Oh man. Well, if you ever do decide to do cats, um, I would have a take that you wouldn't expect. So. Oh really? That's. That's definitely something that we should talk about later. <laughs> yes, he de- he he also has like a take, like a theory about it. So maybe maybe mm. we could do another three three way call with you, me, and Miles, and then you guys that just could, try totally to persuade me to watch this film. <laughs> oh shoot! Well, you have to. Okay. Well, uh, sure. Let's talk offline about it <laughs> because you. You have to see it before we do it. Well, yeah, I mean, I kind of have to. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. Let's definitely talk about it. But uh, but Cats is not a female action film, technically. So, um, but uh, for this one, <laughs> for for Charlie's Angels, like it's it's a fun time, but it's not a perfect movie. No, I would say no. Um, yeah. But yeah, anything else about the film that did you want to talk about the Bosleys? Was it? Do you think it was a little bit confusing when it's like everyone is named Bosley? But well, you clearly did <laughs> because you just completely neglected to use their names at all. Um, uh, I don't think it was that weird because there weren't. Um, like it's clear, like Bosley is more of a title than anything else. Um, so it wasn't that strange to me. I think it was probably weird for this podcast <laughs> to do it that way. Um, but no, I think I thought I liked the idea of like it being like a, a thing. I will say, though, I thought it was weird when they, you know, sort of like fo- poorly photoshopped Patrick Stewart oh, over. Yeah. Um, what's his name? Uh, uh, Bill Murray. Bill Murray. That was that was weird. That was really weird, but um, but in general, like the title of Bosley, that's not super strange because I think of Bosley as that like hair treatment, so it, it's not even a name to me anyway. So you know, it it didn't bother me okay. that much. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I I think the now that I look back, 
because like this is this part is a different recording <laughs> but um mm -hmm. now that i look back i think the reason why i said like rebecca bosley or edgar bosley was to mm -hmm. kind of like differentiate and like make sure that we're not talking about the same bosley you know what i mean i think yeah, that's well, of course I understand the logic behind why you did it, but it's funnier to just call them Bosley because that's what they did the movie. Like, and at some point you stopped calling them Rebecca Bosley and you just started calling them Rebecca and Edgar and John. And it's like, it's Bosley. <laughs> it's, it's, it's Bosley. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> just so we're clear. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like any other uh, side, any other notes or side characters or anything you want to talk about? I think you and I discussed this um, earlier, but I think it's probably time to not do any more Charlie's Angels. Yes. Uh, it's, you know, it's a great concept and, you know, it's fun, but like it's not really, it's usually a hit or a miss. Um, and I think the material that we have is more than enough. And I think it's time to stop trying to capitalize on it because it's not working and just let Charlie's Angels be what it is. And I know that like the industry will never do that for any property, but maybe, I mean, at the very least, like wait until we're elderly before they decide to do another one. Because I feel like what we have now is good enough and we don't need anything else because it's just not working. Yeah. Yeah, but I, it's great. Like watch what we what we talked about, but no more. <laughs> Nothing else. <laughs> yeah, I I agree. I think I guess like because like it's based off of like a 1970s TV show and that you know, the movies kind of updated it, but I believe that this recent one updated it even more to where it's almost like a like a franchise rather than just mm -hmm. like a one agency that works in Hollywood or LA and has like goes to different places it's now like all over the world like that they have different branches so I kind of feel like that it's you know I do agree that they should stop doing that <laughs> like because mm -hmm. like yeah. yeah I mean the the movie the first two movies were really great I mean yes like they were really not really good when it comes to CGI and probably some um, outdated things that we shouldn't be doing. <laughs> um, right. Like having Drew Barrymore play uh, Ella Cool J for like a, yeah, for like a scene. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, don't do that again. <laughs> yeah. <don't. laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, like I, I mean, I still like the, um, the franchise and this movie but I, I i do agree i think like that they should wait until we're older to then remake it so then it's like a whole new generation and it's like for right. a purpose rather than just being like oh we're just doing it for the people who were born after 2005 <laughs> right exactly yeah i feel like i was probably 10 or something when the first one the the first drew barrymore one came out yeah and i was like what 28 <laughs> so <laughs> when this one came out like it's it's not uh there wasn't enough time in between <laughs> no uh but yeah uh that concludes uh this episode 
of um, our podcast. Uh, you can follow us on Instagram at J A N D. Wait, J A N D underscore podcast. Underscore podcast. I'm just gonna ruin it for you. No, you can follow them on Instagram at J and M underscore podcast. J A N D M underscore podcast. J A N D M underscore podcast. I keep wanting to say dot com, but that's not true. No, no. There's no dot com. Uh, if you like this episode, you could rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. Um, and Zinga, any last words or? Yes, uh, you know, uh, one thing I I would say is after you watch the movie, because I know you're gonna do it, um, go check out um, Kristen Stewart's Hot Ones interview because she does it at to promote this uh, this film. Yeah, and uh, you get to see the three actresses um, eat the last dab. So um, that's always fun. So. I recommend. Oh, cool. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, I watched it too, and it was really fun. (laughs) Hey. Uh, But yeah, thank you again for listening. Okay. Bye. Bye.